you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card member, you'll know a thing or two about an expertly packed capsule wardrobe that balances business and leisure. So you can go from conference sleek to cocktail party chic with a few new accessories. You can hustle from 9 to 5 before exploring with ease from 5 to 9. Because you're the chief excursion officer. The Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know business. When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. Welcome to the Friends. Every time I'm in the zone. My name is Dustin. I'm Francesca, also known as Hey Friend Hey. My name is Asante. This is the Friends All. First time in the history of the friend zone, there is no context. The shit is just fucking funny. That's all it is to it. And then singing, whatever happened to the boy that I was Just singing that song like that full out is funny. And the goddamn it. Oh no, oh no, 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 no. no. The modulation. Yes. Oh, that no. shit, when I tell you, that tickled me, that tickled me, y'all. Only and I knew you. it would tickle y'all, too. Only <laughs> so, you, I swear to God. With that being said, welcome to the friend zone. Your weekly look into all things. Ain't no hashtag. Hell, your weekly look into all things mental wellness, mental wellness and mental hygiene because who in the hell wants a musty brain? I know I don't. Hello, friend. Hey, Asante. How you doing? Um, Whatever <laughs> happened to the world? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, I'm literally going to be doing that the whole week already. I see it. Oh, man. How were your weekends? It was a a really beautiful weekend, weather-wise. The city is out. The weather was gorgeous this weekend, yes. What? New York has reminded me why I need to stay. You know, I was saying that. I was like, this is why New York is like a toxic relationship, because the summertime... (laughs) You start feeling why so you liked him away? again. Yeah, no, I am. But this is what will get you <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> Luckily, but this is why I'm, you be like, maybe I'll just be seasonal. <laughs> yeah, like I was talking about that with Crystal. We were like, this is what gets you caught up in New York. This is literally what gets you caught up. And New York is that boyfriend yeah. that you you like, I don't know, maybe. And then you things are good for a couple months, hence, you know, a.k.a. the summer. And then when the winter hits, you're like, nope, 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 nope. This is why I love. I hate you, Jody. Like, <laughs> as soon as the motherfucker. But honestly, it was so beautiful. Jody. Brooklyn was like so live. 
This is my, you know what's funny? This is like kind of my first time really experiencing Brooklyn as a resident because remember when I moved, mm-hmm. uh, Boom. pandemic we hit. Right yeah, we went right into lockdown. Mm. So I didn't really get to like experience Brooklyn as like a resident. So this is going to be my first summer being able to do that, which is crazy because I moved here in 2019. I'm excited. Damn, friends, so you can out. now answer the question, where Brooklyn at? You can actually answer that now, Fran. That's cool. Brooklyn That's cool. Is out the fuck side, okay? They are outside. I, everything. It's Brooklyn in the house, okay? <laughs> right. Listen, you know, I, you know how I said I was gonna hightail it back to Harlem, but I decided I might stay in Brooklyn for another couple Ooh, years. So. So oh what, no! Oh okay. no! <laughs> what changed your mind? Um. You know, mm-hmm. life and living. Mm-hmm. I want to do so much, and I feel like Brooklyn mm, already has like, like a Dick scene. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Brooklyn already has like such a big ass creative scene, and so I want to get like a studio and do that whole like artsy fartsy thing. And I can't yeah. really live that life in Harlem the way I want to. Like, I want to get me I like that's you. very true. Like, I was looking that's at studios true. all weekend, but I really want to find me like a Brooklyn. Like, I want to be like motherfucking. I, I want to go home and and then go to work at Flavor Magazine. Like, I want to do yeah. some shit like that. So, that's cute. I've been looking at studios trying to like find some shit I can like really build in and grow in. So, Amen. one day I'm going to really be doing the green screen out of an office or something because I want to get like a whole separate space to do that. So, I feel it's you. Lit. I Brooklyn's feel you. Cool. I was looking at that even in Portland. Like, I was telling, well, I've told y'all that I want to get like a little shop. When I am settled, like a little hey friend, hey shop with all of my favorite mm-hmm. things, all the black businesses I highlight, I want to try to work with them wholesale. Ooh. Yeah, and just have a hey friend, hey shop, like everything that all the products that I've, you know, helped amplify and just really start working with them and creating that. But I wanted to be out of a house so that the top floor is my creative studio. And then the yes. bottom floor is the shop and maybe even put, put a couple of tables. So it's like a cafe if people want to work, because that's how you network. I can meet mm-hmm. new creatives. If people know that that's where I'm at, it'll be like a nice way to kind of magnetize the people that I want to be around. So that's kind of my thinking and something I'm, I'm planning. See, friend, I'm on that, too, because when right I get there my with studio, you. I want to. Yeah, I want to open up some of the space and like have some creatives come in and either do like yeah. desk work if they want to, like that way people can have places to go. Because especially in this pandemic, people want to go outside but are still scared to. So like, I need right. to have like my own space. But right. if it's gonna be big enough to have somebody else in there every now and then, and maybe they can help out with my stuff, or I can help them with their stuff, and like we can build with each other. Yeah, it'll be that such cute? a dope thing to do. I'm totally yeah, that's very I'm cute. On that. And run a background check. Oh yes, no for sure. <laughs> Well, I'm going to have my Rottweiler, Louie, who's going to be with me at the <laughs> shop. So he's the, the yeah, background but friend, house. Yeah, but friend, you're going to fuck around and find the world's first nice Rottweiler and shit. <laughs> friend going to get a, a gentle Rottweiler. Like, where the fuck this soft-ass rock come from? Like, you're supposed to be a, a plant-based, A plant-based, a right. plant-based Rottweiler. Friend dogs smell like lavender and shit. Would you, like, name it Sage or something? No, his name is Louie. <laughs> I already see him. Oh, you already... His name is he Louis. Already coming to you. He's gonna be so. I see him. I feel him already. That's why it came to me. I literally out of nowhere was like, I want a Rottweiler named Louis. So he's waiting on me. I just have to get to Portland. That's gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know how I do. The vision mm-hmm. comes and then I anchor it down. So he's waiting. I already been looking at Portland. They have like the animal breeding companies and not breeding, the adoption companies. Excuse me, because I want to do it. You know the right way. And they want to adopt a little baby. They have so many different orgs and with Rottweilers. My only concern is that um, 
people are so scared of Rottweilers, you know. So if I need to travel, uh, yeah. <laughs> if I need to travel, <laughs> who is gonna watch my baby? That's my mm, I don't know. The little baby, like you're not a you know, rapper. But they only like. They're only small for like five months. <laughs> then, literally. So, literally five months of puppy. And then you get the big, the big boy. So like baby wear. <laughs> like baby win. So I got to see. I don't know. But I'm still getting him. I don't care. Me and him going to figure it out. My little baby. Friend, you got to get the dog some raw meat. And you feed him, <laughs> throw that raw meat at him. You going to be all right doing that, friend? Yeah. I'm Cutting not one of those. Throwing it at the I dog. hate when people try to give their animals diets that like animals don't. They're not made for that. Like you shouldn't have a vegan dog. I just don't agree with that personally. It's give the dog what they naturally want to eat. Like people with vegan cats and shit. <laughs> I cats. see you giving your dog like a fancy ass food tray with the meats cut out and spread like a nice little charcuterie, a charcuterie board, board. You see it. <laughs> see, I'm so, see. Uh, Please, this dog is gonna be so spoiled. He's gonna have one of those little tents that has like lights and stuff. (laughs) He go chill with some jazz. Imagine you like, where your dog at? Like, uh, he's in the doghouse. Like, oh, he he did something bad. Now you're like, no, go look. And it's like a real (laughs) big tent and a dog chilling in a hammock or something. Like, hey, what up? I'm not gonna be around that dog. (laughs) (laughs) I am not coming around that dog. Yes, you are. You're gonna have to to put the dog up. I'm telling you right now, friend. Like. He's gonna uh-uh, be so sweet. You're gonna have to put that nigga up. You and Kia. Up. Kia said the same thing. She was like, I don't oh, play yeah. about pets. She don't play about pets. But y'all see, he's gonna be so freaking cute. Hi, Louie. I can't wait to see you. <laughs> <laughs> Me either from afar. Okay. So, Sante, you Ooh. have this week's black business for us, which that's we're excited right, about that's too. Right. Uh, you're always excited when it comes to certain things, especially when it's certain things green. Okay. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Daphne in the emails. She says, hey, besties. So, bam, I wanted to send this black-owned business your way. I really enjoyed that in the email, so I had to make sure I read that. Legal Greens is the first black woman-owned dispensary on the East Coast. Wow. They're located in That's Brockton, Massachusetts. 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 Excuse it. <laughs> 25 minutes outside of Boston. The city of champions. I never knew it was called that. Ew. Yeah, I, I thought didn't it was either. the breakfast of champions. <laughs> I never heard the city of champions. Somebody, somebody lying. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to email this because of the owner, Vanessa Jean Baptiste, has been through the fire trying to open her business. The city, mm. the state, and seems like everyone was trying to deter her from opening her dispensary, even Damn. though another dispensary opened in our city, which has a lot less issues, I'm assuming. I'm already know, excuse me, you already know who opened that one. Exactly, mm-hmm. girl, we know. So I would like to point your attention to Legal Greens, legalgreens.net or at legal underscore greens on Instagram. <laughs> Funny enough, I'm not into weed at all. I tried it once at the age 29 and it's just not for me, but I had to email about Legal Greens because I just love watching black women making moves and accomplishing their goals, even though they're really... <laughs> even though they really trying to beat us. Love you all so much. I look forward to the show every week. Shout out to Daphne. I like Thank the fact you, that Punk. She, I, right? I like the fact that she doesn't even smoke, but she felt the call to action because right. of it being That's a black real. business. And mm-hmm. especially when it's something of the green, 
you know, the green connotation. A lot of people don't want to spotlight anything having to do with that. So shout out to you for being open-minded as an individual. And also shout out to Vanessa for her business, Legal Greens. If you want to check out her dispensary, legalgreens.net or at legal underscore greens on Instagram. They actually show some of the product on the website. Um, Do they ship? Do they ship? (laughs) The product. I'm not sure about their (laughs) shipping practices and policies. I don't want to give any misinformation, especially because, you know, they were having issues, you know, staying afloat because... You know, they black and people don't want to see them right. wet in their county. We so want to make go it on the hot. website for Yeah. So if you're in the uh, Boston area or if you want to get more information and see how you can support this business, just log on to legalgreens.net. And shout out to you again, Daphne. Thank you for sharing that very green business. I like it when it's black, but I don't mind it when it's green. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> so for the recap segment last week's episode titled cut the cameras dead ass we are just a very funny show um we jumped into our mental health bag we were we were discussing why we're able to speak up in certain boundary crossing situations while totally freezing up in others (laughs) As always, those of you listening had a lot. I mean, it was a lot. A lot. I, it a was, lot. It poured in, and it just really... Remember I was saying, I felt like it was in the collective. I could feel it. That mm-hmm. it was something we needed to discuss. And by the response, we were right. So, Asante, who stood out to you? When First of all, when you say a lot, like a lot, uh, I, mean, I chose... <laughs> I'm going to tell you who I chose, but before I tell you who I chose, I just want to give a shout out to Mar. Mar emailed in a listener of the show. Uh, I follow him on Twitter. He's an artist. But uh, Mar actually said in his email, which I'm not going to read. Sorry, no shade. It's, he said Mystic Zone strikes again. So I Come want to on. be sure I mentioned that. Tell but me. I wanted to uh, spotlight email because the subject here is blatant racism made me freeze. Now, email reads, I'm a black woman and my husband is a white man. Mm. On our fourth wedding anniversary, <gasps> my husband. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, she's like, end of email. <laughs> Thank you. For <laughs> please help. <laughs> Look, please advise. <laughs> On our fourth wedding anniversary, my husband took me to a department store to buy me a gift. We couldn't find the department we wanted right away, so we split up trying to look for it. I found an employee, a white woman, and walked up to her asking, can you help me, please? She looked at me, rolled her eyes, and said, I was actually about to go to lunch, but what do you want? Mm, (laughs) I was so shocked by how rude she was right off the bat, and I just stood there. She it kept... made perfect sense to me. Shit, because I would have felt sad. I'm like, I'm finna go to lunch. Like, girl, I what do you want? Go. Like, I, okay. What is it going to be quick? Like, I might right. need to call a member to help. Uh, <laughs> she looked at me, rolled her eyes, and said, I was actually about to go to lunch, but what do you want? I was so shocked by how rude she was right off the bat, and I just stood there. She kept asking mockingly, What do you want? What do you mm, want? What? I just couldn't say anything. Eventually, my husband found me and joined us. She looked at him, assumed he was some random white man coming to her aid, gave him a smug look and kept asking me, what do you want? My husband started shaking his head at her and said, you're not being helpful at all. I don't want anything from you. 
And her face went from smug to horrified when she realized that not only was this white man with uh, that this white man was with me and coming to my aid, but she just got caught being racist by who she would consider a credible witness. Her tone changed immediately. She looked at my husband and said, no, I really mean that I want to help. What is it that you want? Stop it. (laughs) We started walking away with him saying, we don't want anything from you. We'll find someone else to help my wife. She actually started following us. No, sir, please let me help you, please. I turned around, looked at her in the face, and smugly said, go to lunch. I, felt oh, I thought she was going to say, go to hell. That's what <laughs> I thought was coming. Also, acceptable answer. Acceptable answer. I felt a little like Julia Robertson, pretty woman, in that moment. It felt great <laughs> embarrassing this woman, and I'm so glad my husband knew that I froze and took over. Love you guys. And uh, sorry, I did not mean to read your name because she definitely said, call me Banji Girl. Shout out to you, Banji Girl, because that's her name on Twitter. Um, well, we'll Banji Girl, we'll that was it. so funny. <laughs> okay, she's going to be a beep in the beginning, but Banji Girl is the beep. Banji Girl is the beep. Uh, shout out to Banji Girl. That was really funny. That actually makes me think of every time I get to just personally, because, you know, I don't necessarily need a white person to save me, but he's your husband, so he's supposed to do that anyway. Right. But I love one of my favorite pastimes actually is embarrassing white people when they're doing something stupid. I feel mm. like all black people <laughs> should do it at some point or another in their lives, especially when you can do it ever so calmly and like it just kind of flows. Those are the best moments because <laughs> white people really don't know what to do then. Nine times out of ten, though, don't really want to engage with white people because they're white. So right. shout out. That's who I found in the email. Brand, what did you find out there in dim streets? I mean, it was a lot. But the main thing I want to say is that so many of you felt very seen. And not just people that freeze, but the people that buck up all the time, they were like, we're fucking exhausted, too. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. it's exhausting whichever way you choose to play it. And I think at the end of the day, that's kind of was the the resonating theme was that we continuously get tested outside. And though in whatever path you choose on how to, like, approach it, the shit sucks. (laughs) That's the bottom line. All of us are exhausted on a soul level. And that's kind of what I felt. But I picked a couple from the Patreon streets. Jasmine said, "Woo, this episode hit me so hard because something similar happened to me a few years ago when someone was physically inappropriate with me at a party. It was like an out-of-body experience where my brain was trying to process what happened to the extent that I froze. And I felt like I couldn't say anything because everyone around me was teed up and I didn't want to kill the vibe. The subsequent negative thoughts towards my reaction after I processed everything was almost harder to confront than the actual event. Damn. And that was the other thing. People just acknowledging like, and then we beat ourselves up on top of the freezing. Like, it's just a lot. Um, Britt said, woo. Everyone started with woo. (laughs) That's the funny part. Because they felt it. They felt it. She said, Asante's serving story really takes me back to being a bartender where I faced so much sexual harassment and almost never stood up for myself. I remember a night where I was talking to the brother of one of my regulars about how I'm in a relationship, and he asked me if I suck dick. I was so blown away, but I laughed it off and just walked off. Yet amongst my group of friends, I'm known as the one who will take charge and save you from a creepy ass dude in the bar. I didn't know why I couldn't do it at work, but I think it was just the power dynamics and the unexpectedness of it. If it happened every day, maybe I would have been prepared for it. But the randomness of when and how it happened threw me off. 
And then the last one from the Twitter streets, Joseph said, I really appreciated the hot button for this week's friend zone. I have all types of dysfunction and trauma in my being because I struggle with being passive aggressive and have had a lot of people dump on me because of my queerness. And I know part of my healing is speaking up, which is true, too. That has helped me a lot, especially growing up. I won't say that I was unable to speak up, but I noticed that when the situations are sexual in nature, that's yeah. that usually uh, can cause a freeze. But it depends too, because I've been on the street where dudes have said some off the wall shit, and like I randomly was able to just shut the shit down. But I think it isn't like you assess. You know what I mean? Like if it's yeah. nighttime and there's not a lot of people around, I might keep it moving. You know, depending. Right. But if it's daytime and I, I feel a little safer. So, yeah, it depends. Definitely a case by yeah. case, I would say. Um, Dustin, what you find in the Twitter streets? So anyone who watches Married to Medicine uh, Atlanta, <laughs> did you watch it this Sunday or Sunday? Yeah, I absolutely did. Okay. <laughs> so do you remember there was a scene where... Um, Lisa, where they were riding these oh, ponies. Yes. I already know what you've been at, talking about. <laughs> they were you riding say? these ponies. Riding po- oh, okay. The, I thought you said yeah, riding they were these riding... poems. I was like, okay. No, 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 no. Not the girl from the inauguration, married to Madison, <laughs> right? <laughs> so <laughs> her poem, poem singing ass. Every time she, every we look up now, she reciting a poem. I love to see it, but when I tell you she is a poem reciting ass. <laughs> Okay. About that video. And to me, I see. No, I'm just playing. Okay. Anyway, but so there was a scene. They were at one of the cast members' child um, daughter's birthday party, and they had these horses. Right? They had horses. You know that they were allowing the people to ride. Cute. When Doctor Heavenly, one of the bigger personalities on the show, got on the horse, this other lady named Lisa Nicole Cloud, who they brought back from obscurity. Um, started talking shit about Dr. Heavenly's weight. So Dr. Heavenly what? hears it. Dr. Heavenly hears talking about the horse was leaning down or some shit. Okay. So Dr. Heavenly hears this and it, it cuts to her confessionals and she's going, this bitch then forgot. She, she's like, she must have forgot. And it flashed back to like them arguing four years ago. <laughs> and it cuts right back to her present day in the confessionals. And Dr. Heavenly goes, I'm gonna get his bitch what she wants. So then it cuts to it cuts to the back to the birthday party, right? So Dr. Heavenly has her cell phone up as Lisa is now on top of the horse, going to the end of the pony going around in a circle. So Dr. Heavenly has her cell phone up recording Lisa on the horse, and she starts saying, So she's like, Oh girl, that's your stomach, girl. And, you know, like like she starts talking shit. What? And they start they start yes. arguing on the on this thing. But Dr. Heavenly is recording it on her phone on the whole horse. time, right? <laughs> Dr. Heavenly is recording this on her cell phone. So fast forward to the tweet that I'm talking about today. Somebody on Twitter, I'm going to tell you who right now. Parody Huger, right? That's the account. It's Parody Huger, H-U-G-E-R. Um, they said, oh, my God, Dr. Heavenly, please post the iPhone video you took while Lisa was riding that horse. Please. <laughs> so remind you, remember, in the scene on the show, Dr. Heavenly is holding her phone, mm-hmm. recording that, Right. Do you know Dr. Heavenly posted the video on, on just, Twitter? Just, so you literally get it. to see it from Heavenly's you, point of view. So listen to this. Listen. Thank you for helping me. And, and you know what was even better? Hearing, hearing how the track wasn't edited. So like it was really giving them reading. Is that your stomach, Oh, oh so man. Funny. 
<laughs> so they said, I just could not believe. I'm sorry, that was too funny. Like, the editors so shout out, the but editors shout out to Doctor Heavenly award on these shows for real. Oh my god, they make seriously, the show. and no, but the friend, fact that she actually yes, did this though, the like fact the fact that they were video. doing that, and then to see that video, like Dustin, one hundred thousand percent. Because <laughs> when I was on Twitter and I saw her post the video, I was like. No, and then you see like the camera crew right there. So it's like this is really what Heavenly did. This is really what the fuck she said. These hoes was really getting it in. And I think it's even funnier that she didn't post it on her own time, but did post <laughs> okay. it when someone just so casually happened she, to ask on Twitter. Yes, that's the thing because she wasn't planning on posting that no. cell phone video. She gave and the, the fact what we that wanted. I just can't even believe somebody even thought because I didn't think to. to ask. To, to you know, to that. think about what that video looks like. So to hear it without the the music that the editors on the show, the production value, the, the sound effects, but just to see the raw footage of her talking that shit <laughs> on that horse, it just really, really like took me there. So I definitely wanted to highlight that, that because was uh, you know I thought that that was something that was of note. Also, I would like to give a shout out to Saint Smith, um, my homeboy Jared. He's hilarious. His Twitter handle is at Saint S A I N T Smith S M I T H underscore. He's actually a really talented singer too. But he says, "I romanticize Studio Fifty Four in my head, but if I even got into that motherfucker, my scary ass would have been in there like." <laughs> <laughs> He said he would have been in there like that picture of Summer Walker on the uh, red carpet at the Soul Train Awards when she wasn't touching nothing. So that's all. I just wanted to share those two tweets because they really made me laugh this week. You are so funny. Hey, HBCU fam. Get ready to turn up the energy. McDonald's and the Thurgood Marshall College Fund have $1 million in scholarships at 53 HBCUs for 66 brilliant students. This year, you could be one of them. But time is running out. Did we mention the $1 million in scholarships? Apply by March 27th at tmcf.org. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today so this week's episode is actually a dustin ross takeover go ahead and let us know what we're getting into this week that's right so i came across something that i found very very interesting which i don't know it just just kind of like um made me think and so um, I wanted to share with you guys and see what you thought about it. And it's actually concerning your thoughts. Do you guys know what an inner monologue is? Yeah. When you hear your voice you do, friend. Yes. as you're narrating mm-hmm. your and you day or just thinking things. Yeah. Now, I'm on Twitter um, the other day and I see one of these TikTok videos. You know, people do one or two things on TikTok. They either do dances 
or else they make these informational videos, which are often either funny or shocking or whatever. So this lady, which I I couldn't tell if she had black eyes, but it was something going. I don't know what was wrong with her eyes or whatever. It has okay. nothing to do with the story, but it, I, I wondered once I seen it. But anyway, um, she was saying that she discovered what an inner monologue was, and she was like, her mind was blown that not everybody had one, right? And so I'm like, well, what the fuck is an inner monologue? An internal monologue is, uh, it's also called self-talk, inner speech, inner discourse, or internal discourse. And it's a person's inner voice, which provides a running verbal monologue of thoughts while they are conscious. Now, for me, this is something that has just always existed in my life. Like, as long as I can remember, I have heard my voice when I think my thoughts. Mm -hmm. it just is what it is I literally um you know how people say well we'll get to that in a minute in this discussion but I I I hear my voice I don't hear voices but I hear my voice when I when I think (laughs) I I see my thoughts and words and I hear my voice Mm -hmm. that's just how it works for in my brain and I thought it was like that for everybody it ain't like that for everybody, y'all. Some people literally do not have that. And so this blew my mind. So I did a little research and I just figured it would be something fun for us to talk about because it made me start thinking about different things that have taken place in my life and my thoughts during that time. And to think, to imagine experiencing those things without hearing my thoughts, it just was wild to me. So an internal monologue, like I said, is a person's inner voice that uh, provides a running verbal monologue of thoughts where they're conscious, right? Mm -hmm. I found an article from today.com that was written in February of 2020 by a chick named Meg. Well, I shouldn't say a chick. I don't know this lady. (laughs) Written by Megan Holohan, right? And she just went into uh, extensive research about inner monologues because she, like me, was blown the fuck away when we found out that like not everyone had this. I just can't imagine, you know what I mean? Like what like how do you think if you don't have an inner monologue like I've seen the, how, the do you thread. just feel? Yeah. Mhm. Where people You I saw think, that friend? I I saw the TikTok that you're referring to cuz the girl was like super shocked about it, but there was actually a thread that I feel maybe inspired her. Um, mm-hmm. and maybe it was like last year. Did y'all see it? Cause it went, it so went she stole. viral. Well, I won't say she stole. She stole, but- <laughs> friend. Say it, friend. She stole. She's a thieving asshole. She was that stole. <laughs> Be Simone ass. But it was a thread that someone came asked that question. Like, yo, did y'all know that like not everyone has internal monologues? And then people were like, what the fuck do you mean? And then that got the discussion on Twitter where people were like, wait, what do you mean you have a voice? And then someone else is like, what do you mean you don't? And then before you know it. It turned into a whole thing. So I know exactly where you're going with this. And this is very exciting. Yeah. Yes. Like, I just I just couldn't believe it. Right. So in this article um, from February of 2020, uh, Megan Hullahan uh, interviewed a couple of different people that had different um, experiences with having an inner monologue versus not having one. And she also um, conducted a little research on her own to get a deeper understanding of what this really meant for like the experience. Right. So one of the ladies that she um, interviewed or, or I guess consulted for this article was named Megan day. And she goes through her life with a narrator in her mind. So she, she has an internal monologue Mm -hmm. like me, like me, like me. So, (laughs) 
she said that sometimes it is helpful to her because it reminds her of what she needs from the store or what may be on her to-do list, right? And she said other times it's introspective and she actually plays out an emotionally charged debate in her head. Blew my mind, y'all. How many times have you been, have you had thoughts about something and had to reconcile them using things that, I don't know, tools or using like knowledge you got from you know, maybe your therapist or whatever to reconcile it. And he created an internal debate like that. I'm telling you, this was like mind blowing for me. Cause I'm like, this is shit that, you know, I never really thought to articulate in this way. It was just my feelings and my thoughts. I thought everybody did this. She said a lot of times though, she doesn't follow through, but she feels better afterwards because she's had the internal dialogue with herself on how she's feeling. So a lot of times she may not even like take action, but the fact that she, and this is again, something that I, I don't know if you guys have ever had this experience, but I have it a lot of times. I'm all right. Once I have something figured out, then I can take action on it when it's required, but it's right. having it figured out, going through those thoughts in my head where I find the biggest challenge just in, in organizing or having clarity and thought. Right. Am I crazy? I'm not crazy. Like, this no. is like... I talk to myself full out, though. Like, I'll be in yeah, the shower having the full out conversations. <laughs> like, sometimes it ain't even just in my head. Like, I have to say it. <laughs> it don't matter who's around You say around it out me. loud. Yeah. Like, my people that have shared space with me, whether it was, you know, us on tour or we're living, whatever, they already know. Like, you're going to hear me talking and it ain't the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, y'all remember the little voice that used to come out? That was uh, the other me that was talking oh, yeah. to myself, <laughs> taking over. Because, mm-hmm. you know, so for a very long, this is going to sound, y'all might be like, all right, this nigga needs help. But for a no, very long time, and that. I think it's, you know, when you're having to put on different hats, it's like mentally in my head for a long time, there was like a room in there. And it's like me and some like me and another me was sitting there watching but it's like one me who's really mostly in control and the other me that I know has a fucking attitude would be sitting there saying little slick shit. So yes. that was the little voice coming out because <laughs> it's like we always in our head reconciling everything. And sometimes even like what you said with your therapist giving you a lesson, like sometimes when I feel like in, in other situations, when I, there are lessons I feel like I have learned through other people, I might like wear the other person for a moment or have them or, I, you know, like what would Jesus do? And then like yeah. the Jesus would come out right quick. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So it's really funny that you're having this conversation it's my process all the time yeah and do y'all do y'all narrate too like i find myself if i'm having a harder day um it's almost like a mom voice that comes and and tells me what needs to get done like i'll literally say like okay if you go get you know if you go and jump in the shower maybe wash your hair um put some clothes on and then I'll narrate like my to-do list. Do this first, do that. You know, you need to go to the bank. <laughs> and it's like I walk my energy into the different places I'm supposed to be on the days that I can't just like naturally flow into that because maybe I'm just I'm at capacity or exhausted or sad or whatever the fuck. And I find, I feel like I made this a wellness segment. I swear I did maybe years ago where it's like, don't be afraid to narrate your day with your inner monologue. And that can sometimes nudge you into getting your shit done. (laughs) Sometimes I'll literally be like, okay, fan, just brush your teeth. Like, walk myself through it. I don't have any other, that's literally how I I function. That's me being a functioning person is 
narrating myself through life throughout my day. Mm -hmm. I always have that backtrack running in my head. I'm constantly telling myself, okay, Dustin, do this, do that. Dustin, go here, do that. I manage myself that yes. way. Yeah, that's just literally that's like so funny. I don't. It's not even. It's effortless for me, right? And the only times that I do not hear, you know, a, a head in, or hear a voice in my head or hear my internal monologue or whatever, is when I like blank out if I'm angry and like, right? Like that. That's when I'm not because I'm not thinking about what I'm saying or doing. You know what I mean? I'm reacting and I'm not even thinking about the things that are coming out of my. It's just autopilot. Like I'm not even. I don't hear anything. So I'm not even aware of the shit that I'm saying and doing when I'm angry like that. It doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen. I wonder so, if that's why they refer to that yeah. as blacking out because you're literally blacking out your thoughts. And it's so crazy because as you're blacking out, it's almost like, well, for me, I feel like it's happening and I'm so present when it's happening because it's or because it feels like such a it feels so heavy at the time but then it's like after i can't get back to it at all it's like how was something so heavy that i felt like was coming at me like because i blacked out like i can't even get back to that feeling or thought to even know like what the fuck or even because you know how right. Dustin, you say you can solve certain things like certain times when i blacked out i'm like well damn how do i fucking solve that because i can't even go back to process any of what fucking happened because like i just blacked out like what the fuck so right weird. right Super weird, but I just I just couldn't believe this. Um, so there was a um, a gentleman named Ethan Cross who was the director of the Self Control and Emotion Laboratory at the University of Michigan, where Nene Leakes obviously spent time. Wow. Um, <laughs> but he told the Today Show he said that we all do in fact have what we colloquially refer to as an inner voice. He said if I were to ask you to read a passage in your head or to silently repeat the phone number when you're trying to memorize it, or to rehearse something that you're about to say to someone, you're activating that inner voice. So that got me to tripping because I was like, well, if these people, I didn't know that you could do both or like swap in and out, right? He's saying that when you're tasked with something like that, where you have to like read something and then recite it or whatever. He said, you're activating the inner voice that exists within all of us. Mm. But apparently people who like don't have this inner monologue, I guess on 24 seven, I don't know. It just got weird to me. Cause I'm like, we're having two completely different human experiences. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And it's like, how are we? No wonder motherfuckers can't get along. No wonder the divorce rate is so high and shit. And all this all this conflict and crisis. Because motherfuckers don't know if they coming or going. We sitting here talking to each other. Hell, and we don't know. I don't know if you got one. I know I got one. Like, we just don't know. You know what I'm saying? No and wonder it's not people, something no wonder. you would think to ask. You know, like, that's the right. thing about yeah. it. I would never think to ask someone about their internal monologue. And with that thread that day, that what it exposed was that... There are people who think in colors and some people think in shapes. Okay, oh, this is getting crazy. And some people think crazy. in um in pictures. That's the other one. Like the way that you might narrate, like, hey, you should go to the bathroom. Someone else will actually picture 
the movement the person of squatting over the shitter. Yeah, like they'll actually <laughs> picture the act, the movement, as opposed to the voice telling them to go do it. Oh, picture them the, the yeah, movement, the actual yeah. action. Yeah, like so, it's a series of like movie scenes. I don't do that. I don't picture myself. I don't either. That's what's so interesting. With some people, it's pictures. Some people, some people say they don't picture at all. They said it's a knowingness, like. Just a feeling in their body that's telling them what to do next, but they don't necessarily hear words or see pictures. So it seems like it's just very different for everybody. I think that's cool. I just it wish I had understood be. more hmm. about like right? why is it different for everybody. That's the piece that I feel like has been missing in the discussion. I don't know. Maybe that hasn't well, been Well, here's discovered. another interesting point, right? from this lady named Jennifer Beckyard, right? She's the Senior Director of Clinical Services for UPMC Western Behavioral Health. And she said that um, basically the, the basic function of an inner voice is completing tasks. And she said that as toddlers, children start developing their own voice by repeating out loud what a parent tells them to do. Mm. That's how they learn to manage themselves and they soon realize it should be a quiet conversation. She goes on to say that they eventually learn that you have internal dialogue and internal self-talk helps them make sense of the world around them to evaluate situations, to engage in a protective mechanism or to create. Mm. I was like, God damn. So now it all makes sense. Maybe this is why you hear yourself because when you're learning to speak or when you're learning what words mean for, you know, you're, you're such a repetitive thing. Like you're repeating what your parent or whoever the fuck is teaching you how to talk. It's that's how you learn how to talk. Right. And I'm like, well, maybe this is why <laughs> I'm hearing myself. You know what I'm saying? In my head as a grown ass, you know, <clears throat> 30 something, 30 something year old, you know what I'm saying? Man, like, that's cute too to picture because I can see it now when you when you mentioned with kids like how they'll be like eat eat like right before yeah, they're about yeah. to eat or they're like walking <laughs> walking standing like they're telling you <laughs> all the directives and you're like okay you could just do it it's okay but now I get why see? but here's the thing that I wonder too to kind of like build on that people who have just um like more negative relationships with the voice. You know, and, and I mm -hmm. have read a lot of journals and even like on Psychology Today and different therapists forums where they said because a lot of us develop that voice from our parents, it can actually be harmful sometimes if your parent talked to you crazy, you know, mm. or was super controlling um, or just didn't have a healthy voice for you to take in and internalize to begin with. And that's why people that feel like, you know, that voice is always beating them up and making them feel like they're worthless or not enough. I wonder, how do you separate that? Like, is that two different voices? Do you have your internal monologue that's you and then it gets trumped by your parents' voice? Like, did they say anything about that? Mm, I think that? you just, I no, I didn't see anything directly in alignment with that um, in this article that I read um, about this particular subject. But... I do know that in Listen, the song Listen by Beyonce from the Dreamgirl okay. soundtrack, that's what I think she was talking about because she said, I followed the voice you think you gave to me, but mm. now I got to find my own. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so I think that all jokes look how aside, deep Dreamgirls was. We didn't even know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wonder if that's listen, the life. Yeah, okay? I wonder if that's the lifelong journey in a way. Like, 
uh, getting back to the voice that's actually yours and not the your caretaker or your bullies growing up. Maybe that's part of like the mental health process too. Cause I noticed my internal voice is so nice. Like now that I have more control of my mental health in my mind and I have lived alone for like over a decade, you know, so I don't have too many ears in my, too many ears, too many voices in my ear all the time. Um, I do feel better and safer and in more alignment with my life since I've begun listening to myself. So now I'm like, those are kind of connecting dots for me because my internal voice was a lot harsher, but I find that it's not. My internal voice is so cute and so sweet now. Like it just butters me up and encourages me and tells me how dope I am and reminds me of like my impact. And, you know, it helps me. It's almost like my ego that most people like kill your ego, but my ego and I fucks with each other. They're the ones that be like, girl, get up. Like the world needs you outside. Yeah. You too fly to be like in your house hiding. What's up? <laughs> so I feel my like it's a lot of different like, relationships in there. It's like what I know better. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like when you know better, when you know the right thing to do, that's the voice that I hear in my head. So I was like, okay, Dustin. Your higher self. You know that this is what you need to be like. Yeah, like that's what I hear. Literally, that's what I hear every Amen. time. Amen. All right, it's 855. You know you got to be up by such and such. Get your ass up. Like that's what I hear in my head all right. the time. Right. The bad things that come natural to me, you know what I'm saying? Those are just <laughs> feelings. Those ain't really even thoughts. It's like it's vibes, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like what my thoughts are like, yo, be productive. Do this, do that. Take care of this, fix that. That's what I hear, so. I don't know if it's my higher self, but definitely my future self is always right there <laughs> talking about Think like about this this will be over soon <laughs> mm-hmm. or this won't even matter in a day or two, let alone an hour. Like, you know, this is plants sometimes grow from dirt like my like me. We be chilling. I don't have no issues with myself. But I think, friend, you broke it down really, really well, because when it comes to like me and my ego, when we start talking like my ego just doesn't want to be bothered, like <laughs> doesn't want to interact, doesn't want to like. I can't even really explain it. Like everything else in me is like, you know, be a good person, you know, do good in the world, do this, do that. But then when it comes to my ego, it's like, don't do too much. I don't know what it is. Excuse me. I feel like you're in my, and this is obviously my uh, perspective of ego. I think it's like, it's the one that just wants you to be protected. You know, they're like constantly, but they can be a little obsessive about it. <laughs> so they just want you to constantly be fly and popping out here and they're making sure they're looking around. They're maybe a little paranoid about who's saying what and who's doing what. And it's just like a protective shield that also wants you to be out here. That's how I, I view agree. it. People have different relationships with their ego. Some people think it gets in the way. I've never felt that way. I feel like I just have to understand what it wanted if that makes sense and once I got like what its mission in my life is then it's like okay I get why you're always gonna see this this way see we still trying to me and my ego if if my ego is the same as your understanding of ego which I feel like is pretty fair and similar me and my ego we ain't got to the mission yet (laughs) like (laughs) like I feel like it's real what Dustin is talking about with the you know because I never even took thought for one second about other people's inner thinkings or how they're processing things. I just, for me, have always viewed people as like, all right, everybody's having their own fucking experience. So like, whatever. Like, I never really kind of broke down like, oh, okay, maybe this person is processing this differently, you know, for, because of how they're seeing it or whatever. Like, I never like really, like, I've always just put that distance there that me and other people are different. 
and I've tried to just hold as much space for myself as possible when it comes to, um, you know, checking myself, talking, checking in. Whenever we do these audits and stuff, I always take them very, very seriously because I feel like um, I hate to be cliche like RuPaul or whatever. But if you ain't going to love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Like, I just feel like whenever I think about like my individual, I'm always trying to assess who I can be when it is in service to other people and not like who I can be in service to myself. And I think that's the part of ego. I feel like I don't want to say ego is a big part of servicing yourself, but I feel like ego, like you, like it's always a reminder, like, hey, you have some needs, too. And right. sometimes I don't know why, but sometimes that ego comes out in a fucked up way. Like it can't just be like, um, hey, you know, I just need a moment to process this. Sometimes it'll be like, bitch, move. And it's like, <laughs> no, because your no. ego to me, it's like it's not a case by case basis with them. They're just always you first, period. And that works well <laughs> in certain situations and it doesn't in others. It's because it's not exactly. a case by case basis that I think we can kind of like have a little tug of war sometimes. But I fuck with my ego because it's, it's the one that's like, no, nah, you first in every situation, period. <laughs> the end. I ain't learned Whoa. how to play that tug of war yet with my ego. That nigga <laughs> just take the rope every time we look at it. <laughs> it's funny you say that, right? Because... In this article, it says that an inner voice can help people to understand the world and engage in it. But sometimes that inner monologue turns negative or becomes fixated on a thought. Mm. And this obsession can be a sign of something else. Um, uh, and there's a quote here where it says some of that ruinating that people do is more of an anxiety process than it is anything else. So in other words, this can also, it can automatically trigger what becomes anxiety for lots and lots of people. And for me, I don't get anxiety from the, that process per se. Right. From ruminating. I, I challenge myself. Yeah. I challenge myself. And my thoughts every day, all day long. You know what I'm saying? Like what, I, like I told you guys, what my inner voice is that I hear. So that, I guess, debating, inner debating or whatever, isn't something that is like. It doesn't throw me off. It's a part of my process, basically. Mm. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. normal for me. But I can see in this article, and as I understand these things that go on with me, I can see how that's a total trigger for anxiety. Like it's right there, playing like. If, depending on what it is that you're rationalizing internally, the stakes can be a little bit higher sometimes and it can trigger something that will throw you into full-blown motherfucking anxiety. Night sweats, all that <laughs> kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, this has really just been like, I'm telling you, the emoji where the head is exploding. The head exploding. <laughs> and I think this, I just, is, this is, for crazy. me, I feel like even um, when you start stepping into being more conscious like of how you speak mm -hmm. to people of how people speak to you of like interpersonal relationships especially after I know after I turned 30 I feel like that's when my brain started opening up more to like Asante was saying when you start thinking like hmm maybe people do process things differently and I have to remember that everyone has a different lens a different perspective right. and you stop uh, trying to you stop taking well I shouldn't say stop you start working on <laughs> not taking things so personally because you realize that we're all just seeing and hearing things in our own movie and I think right. that's what spirituality has kind of brought to my life is that what I refer to as a pause button where like before I'm going to react or say something I have to pause and do that processing which I think most people don't even make the time for because they're just reacting all day but it's like less reacting and more like critical thinking 
and thinking through. Like that has been the game changer for me, which fucks me up in situations like the airplane thing where it's like, your mm. your mind is not only processing how to deal with this, but then you also have the biological aspects of it, like the freeze and your body, quote unquote, playing dead because it's feeling unsafe in this environment. So you're battling so much at the same time, which is why I think as I've aged, I have more grace for people than I did when I was younger, because I understand that all of this is happening right now in this second. You know what I mean? All these thoughts, all these thought processes, people shooting. And then you got to consider people who are neurodiverse, who are already seeing and thinking and feeling in a completely different experience than you are. You know, that's why I love Is these kind like of conversations. Is that like non-binary or? Neurodiverse. Huh? It's just people that, <laughs> that think differently. I mean, I think back in the day, they would just kind of threw everyone into the autism spectrum. Um, but mm. now the like proper way is to just say neurodiversity, meaning like we all just think and see differently. Yeah, process things and process really things cool. differently. Yeah, Work. it's something to consider. Yeah, I've been learning that too now, just with a lot of uh, peers that I that have been lumped as autistic, but felt like there were aspects of it that resonated, but aspects that didn't, and realizing that. It's just uh, the medical field still needing to develop that conversation a little bit more, mm. if that makes sense. Well, there are actually countless studies on autobiographical reasoning that look at people's tendency to tell stories about their lives. And the capacity to tell a particular story is often crucial to helping people adjust to negative life experiences. So... They've done studies on the way that people basically operate through life's experiences or whatever, be them, be them negative or positive, whatever, how people basically get through it. And it shows that there are different levels of autobiographical reasoning that people operate on. So I'm telling you, the fact that we are able to, even like us, the, as many years as we've been doing this podcast together, that's a that's why it's a big deal when people have long-term projects that they stick together on and work on, because we are all literally operating at different levels right. of function in so many different areas. And you know what I'm saying? Our meters yeah. are constantly... Mm. Oh my God! This just makes me so much more <clears throat> grateful for situations that um, you just find a rhythm in and everybody respects it and it contributes to the success of a project because it's very hard to literally get people on the same page. Mm -hmm. And so this has just been such a mind-blowing thing for me. Um, there's tons and tons more research on here, but it's just a lot of stats <laughs> and data that all represents basically that one fact that everybody is literally at a different place when it comes to that, and, and one way that you can separate people's experience is by determining whether or not they have that internal monologue or not. So I think the people that don't have them are crazy. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. I don't think that at all. It's just different. We're, we're just... Um, it was shocking to hear. We're, we... Yeah, we are um, monologue, di internal monologue diverse. <laughs> well... So, yeah, I know I've talked about this movie so many times and I know it's not up your alley, Dustin, but I really think you should try to watch or maybe even read up on if you don't want to watch just because I feel like the acting is so good. and There's so many different layers in it. 
<laughs> Someone's gonna turn this off right after I say it. I heart Huckabees. I know I've said this movie a million different you times. Love that movie. But it starts I will watch off, it. I will watch I'll, it. I will watch it. Starts it starts off with the character having his internal monologue, and then like throughout the movie, he experiences these transformations. You know, like when enemy becomes brother. Like you know, creation destruction. There are all these different things that are kind of like just swimmingly happen, happening and I've actually rewatched this movie so many different times and found new things every time been like damn I didn't even realize that shit was happening and now like oh you know what I've watched it only once or twice huh? I need to rewatch it again but I just love how they like it's Lily Tomlin Dustin Hoffman I love Lily all Tomlin these, and all these people in it and they're not like trying to do too much and they're just really exploring the the relationships that you have in life uh, identity even when you talked about, uh, or uh, I think, Frank, even when you just talked about telling a story, there's this one scene where they play this guy, a Jude Law's character. He always tells this fucking story throughout the movie. And so then they play that. <laughs> and then it's kind of like they break down why the fuck he always tells this particular story. And I just thought it was so crazy that they did that. And then when he found out when his existence was almost shattered to be rebuilt, I thought it was beautiful. But I Heart Huckabees is a beautiful movie, and I always talk about it. But this topic, and even last week's topic, touched so hard on it that I have to go watch it. Shout out to um, Jude Law. You said what? Shout Francis, she's going to watch it, and I'm going to watch it too. But shout out to Jude Law. He played one of my dream roles. He played Alfie. Y'all know I would love to play. If they redid Alfie, I would love to play Alfie. That serial bachelor, all them special relationships. You know like it's what? It's time for a black Alfie. You know what we should do? Asante, would you be down to make that this week's episode of The Binge since we finished uh, Buried by the Bernards? Oh, yes. So instead of it being a show, it could and be a movie this so week. So we can get everybody else's comments on it, too, because it, yeah. it really is a... It really ties in very, very well if you pay attention so to like, the little gems and pieces in there. Yeah, yeah, so you can like facilitate the conversation, and Dustin and I will watch it. And obviously, anyone who's listening and is a part is a patron, we that'll be our homework. Um, we have another. We have episode eight of the binge dropping this week with Buried by the Bernards, but it's the last episode. But we record this week, so we'll record that, and then it should be ready for you by next week's episode of the binge hot off the press baby hot off yes. the press that's a great idea i love that and that'll encourage us to actually watch it because we've been talking about watching this movie for years now like i love this fucking movie so check us out on patreon if you aren't subscribed please make sure that you wait till the first to subscribe that way you won't be charged twice because for whatever reason patreon just will charge you when you join and then they'll charge you again on the first so make sure you just go ahead and join on the first and then you can rock out with us you have content already there for you whether it's the buried by the bernards uh buried by the bernards recaps we've already done and then you'll be able to catch the new i heart huckabees recap we'll do so I'm excited for that. That's going to be a really, really good one. Cute. So that's it. That's what we'll do. Anything else you wanted to add, Dustin Ross? That's it, you guys. I think that's a perfect segue into the uh, wellness segment. Uh, talk to yourself. It's a healthy thing. This is the friend zone. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. 
talk to yourself. It's a healthy thing. <laughs> Bring in the motherfucking wind chime. I'm glad we talked about that because I've been seeing that convo, like I said, for a while now, but just didn't put it to the show. Um, okay, so let's bring in the wind chimes. I wanted to thank Claude's Gambra, who sent me a book called Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle, written by Emily Nagoski and Amelia Nagoski. I hope I'm saying your last name correctly. So Claude sent me, or Claude's, excuse me, sent me a passage from the book that really, really connected with last week's topic of the freezing. And I just had to read it because it's short, but it just was like, whoa, you know, when you're like, okay, I need to order that book ASAP. I already ordered it. Um, so it's called Freeze. And it says, we've been talking about the stress response in the familiar terms of fight or flight. When you feel threatened, the brain does a split second assessment to determine which response is more likely to result in your survival. Flight happens when your brain notices a threat and decides that you're more likely to survive by trying to escape. That's what happens when you run from a lion. Well, imagine that, running from a lion. (laughs) (laughs) Fight happens when your brain decides you're more likely to survive the threat by trying to conquer it. So from a biological point of view, fight and flight are essentially the same thing. Flight is fear, avoidance, whereas fight is anger, approach. But they're both the go stress response of the sympathetic nervous system. They tell you to do something. Now, freeze is special. Freeze happens when the brain assesses that the threat, excuse me, when the brain assesses the threat and decides you're too slow to run and too small to fight. And so your best hope for survival is to play dead. Until the threat goes away or someone comes along to help you. And freeze is your last ditch stress response reserved for threats that the brain perceives as life threatening. When fight or flight doesn't stand a chance. In the middle of the gas pedal of stress response, your brain slams on the brakes. The parasympathetic nervous system swamping the sympathetic and you shut down. Imagine you're a gazelle running away from a lion. You're mid-flight, full of adrenaline, but you feel the lion's teeth chomp into your hip. (laughs) Not Dustin dancing. So what do you do? You can't run anymore. (laughs) The lion has a hold of you. You can't fight because the lion is much stronger, (laughs) so your nervous system slams on the brakes. You collapse and play dead. That's freeze. You don't have to know about freeze in order for your brain to choose it. But if you don't know that freeze exists, you may think about a circumstance where you were unsafe and wonder why you didn't kick and scream, why you didn't fight or run, why, in fact, you felt as if you couldn't kick or scream. The, wow. re- the reason is that you really actually couldn't. Your brain was trying to keep you alive in the face of a threat that seemed unsurvivable. So it slammed on the brakes in a last ditch attempt to do that. And you know what? It worked. Because here you are, alive, and reading a book about stress, and we're really glad you're here. We're grateful to your brain for keeping you alive. What an incredible passage, right? Wow. I was like, thank you. Once again, that book is called Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle, written by Emily and Amelia Nagoski. Thank you to Claude's Gambra for sending that my way, because I literally ordered it on the spot. 
I knew about fight or flight, but I did not know about freeze as a biological concept either. So thank you for putting me on. A lot of you too that are like currently in like clinical like um, programs in school sent that my way, which was really awesome, which is what I was saying about tapping into our community for answers and even why I brought that conversation up to begin with. I had one young lady, I'm not going to say the name, just out of respect for her situation, but she sent me a couple voice notes on um, Instagram. Uh, Normally I don't listen to those, (laughs) but something told me to press play. And she was telling me a story, uh, and trigger warning, this is a sexual assault story um, of how she had to, uh, she endured a rape when she was younger, and it was the freeze that kicked in because in that moment she felt helpless, of course, and the lawyer and cops that she spoke to actually said that the freeze mechanism was going to work against her in the court of law because she didn't fight back and it's going to make it seem as if she was consenting for not kicking, screaming, or saying no in the moment. Ain't that some Are shit? You, wow. That's what the lawyer What do you have? Me. It's like you don't have nothing. You just don't have anything. You can't even get help when you need it at this point. Like imagine that biology. Yeah, the biology kicking in to save you, as we just read. On top of just the trauma of an experience like that, and then you go seek help, and this is what you're told because you didn't fight back. It's just levels, okay, levels to it. So that was really heartbreaking. And, you know, there were a couple of messages that people sent where they were like, oh, I would have punched him in his face. I would have smacked him. I would have fought him. I'm like, yeah, we all On the airplane. Right. I'm like, we all would love to do that. And a lot of people are going to be internet people and say what they would have done and act tough. But actually, when you're in it, (laughs) and not only that, I have a lot of shit to lose. You know, like I've built so much that I have a lot of shit to lose that I can't afford to lose. And especially not for some nasty ass white man on a damn flight. (laughs) Like it's a lot to process. Like the the passage said, you have this split second assessment, you know, and one thing I had to remind myself because I was beating myself up about not reacting was that it you're human and you have to have grace for yourself. You're not always going to react how you intended or maybe how you preferred or how you wanted, whether it's that you did fight or didn't, whatever the case, like I said, we all realize that we're just exhausted with people not having boundaries to begin with and people not leaving each other the fuck alone. Like that's problem number one. That's, that's the most simple solution right there. Just leave motherfuckers the fuck alone. So, wanted to read that passage because I thought it was just perfect. And thank you to everyone who put and me timely. on to the concept, right? Timely, perfect. Check out that book. Thank you to Claude's for putting that into our awareness. And that's it for my wellness segment this week. Asante, we throw it to you, Mr. Music Man. All right. It is time for some musical conversation. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've been having a chill week here over in Music World. I have a couple artists that I want to talk about. But, you know, before I do that, because it's going to be real, real quick. I just want to do y'all's listens lately and then I'm going to do my little listens lately. Um, But I guess to start off while y'all getting it together, shout out to Doja Cat and SZA. They were looking really, really good last night at the award show. Um, Billboard Music Awards, I believe. I only watched their performance. I'm sorry, I didn't watch the whole awards. I just... 
I, I want artists to get their flowers and win on those grand stages. I absolutely do. But I know that those systems can be unfair at times. So I try not to invest personally into them. So proud whenever anybody wins and definitely take nothing against anybody who doesn't, uh, you know, want to partake or any of that. But I yeah. just was so happy to see Doja looking good uh, as per usual. And then SZA also looking great. Um, I don't believe the mics were hot, but I do believe both young ladies showed up to sound check. So they did give you a nice, you know, a nice quick little vocal. Okay. So it was still, <laughs> it still matters because people would just be like, oh, you know, they're not singing live, blah, blah, blah. If they showed up to soundtrack and they gave you a fresh track for the show, that counts, okay? And I feel like we should not take away from anybody's anything, especially when we're celebrating them on such grand stages. So shout out to SZA, shout out to Doja. Um, that was the only performance that I watched from the Billboard Music Awards. Did y'all watch or did any of your favorite artists win or did you tap into that at all? I did not watch, but I saw I, the clip you're referring to. Yeah, and I didn't watch either, but I do. I did see the clip, obviously. I tried to stay abreast of who won what. And I did see that Drake won the Artist of the Decade Award um, wow. from Billboard, which is a huge honor. And he's had his son, his cute-ass son, Adonis, <laughs> up there with him with them little braids and Jordans on. It was so cute. But I did see that. So shout-out to Drake. Shout-out to Drake for sure. Yeah, he deserves that. I know a lot of people are going to have I mean, yeah. shit to say about it, but he's gonna, he deserves that. <laughs> All right, well, I mean... I don't have a lot of music news because I've been really trying to, I told you earlier, I was looking at studios and stuff. Like I was, I had my little mask on doing footwork in Brooklyn, but I still want to know what you've been listening to. So Fran, please tell me what you've been playing over there in your play box. So, um, I mentioned Omarion's connection album that he dropped in, let me see, October of 2020. I feel like it didn't really get a lot of attention. A lot of love. Uh, I'm not entirely sure why, because mm. it's a pretty good. Pro- you didn't like it, you said. I mean, there were the some of the singles he chose because there's some good stuff on that album. Yeah, but I, there was one of them singles I wasn't really feeling, but people were. So there, it was good. It was very well received. It I just, thought it was. Cool. I don't know if people weren't taking him seriously. Or yeah, what. and I I know I played one of the songs on the show, but I think I played a record caught in it. Uh, but I want to play. I've had this song called Mutual on repeat and y'all it is a vibe it is like the perfect summer record i almost wish he would have dropped it now because this is the time for this kind of record you know everybody's feeling like happy and ready Mm -hmm. to chill with each other meet some new people like so it's (laughs) it's that kind of vibe okay so it's called mutual (laughs) (laughs) mutual featuring wale and this is how it goes Let the nigga roll up something special Baby, I know you're used to failures Can I get deep inside your psyche? You ain't gotta do all of that extra for me When it's all done When it's all Of all this love 
Information of all my thoughts Keep the lights low, I'd like this better Come on See, that's a good pick when, when he's sounding like when he's sounding like like old school Omarion, but with that freshness, like right? that's a good pick. This is, but then when he's this is no, no. I remember you saying like when he's trying to hang with the new kids. Yeah, it's like, you that's why I be need like, to do that, Omarion. He like, don't you need are, to. You are the shit. Like we, it's cemented at this point. And so when I heard this record, it gave me that feeling. Like I mean, you know, Icebox and all that is different, but. That feeling, that like this yeah. is Omarion feeling, and I love it. Yes. He sounds great, and I love the the um, you know, he's talking about the maturation of all this and the the confirmation of all my thoughts. I like when men get into their bag of like I'm I'm different, you know, I'm older, I'm approaching love differently. Like, what's up? <laughs> I'm sorry, I just keep thinking about April. <laughs> sorry, I don't need to be that guy. I mean, it's just. It, it, it's his fault so i mean but you know, but you're right that a, was a good he's one he's in a different place and i'm with it i love when men talk about you know getting at girls like this like it's just different i'm with it so that's called mutual um and then um green tea pang do y'all listen to her no, no. but you, you pay you pay a little green tea pain before now remember yeah <laughs> mr sun that was the, the record that put me on to her but she has a new song okay the title <laughs> Oh, it's called Ding it, friend. What's it's called, called? Dingaling. <laughs> Dingaling okay. go. No, Dingaling by Green Tea Pang, and this is how it goes. Why is it so rotten? My people must have forgotten. Here lies your fortune in the shape of a good chunk. As the sinks and come through. Straight for the heart, we don't tell you. Only satellites, burn your satellites, blocking out our light. Daytime turns to night. This is the holy fight. This is the holy fight. Why is it so rotten? My people must have forgotten. She's a vibe. If you haven't checked out Mr. Sun, no. she just has a cool sound. She gives you some, you know, avocado, but it's avocado that I can deal. I like <laughs> I <can> avocado. Deal. <laughs> I can take avocado in small doses, but like she, she, she finesses it in a way that I'm like, okay, okay, I can listen to this. <laughs> listen, I, I'm corny. You can give me the whole guacamole. You know what I'm no. saying? <laughs> Cause some, you know, some people it'd be like, "This isn't even English. Much. What are you doing?" And I still be interested. I, like, I, I feel like we, I feel like they're trying to take me to a different universe, but they really just singing upside down. I'm like, I'm with it. Please, come on. Some <laughs> OA chanting and shit. You're just like, what? I don't know Friends. what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin Ross, what have you been listening to? Please. Yeah, moving on. First song I want to talk about uh, is from 1975. It's called We're Almost There, and it's by Michael Jackson. Okay, take us back, brother.
Shout out to Scotty Beam. She played that shit on her stories the other day and I almost had a heart attack because I hadn't heard that song and didn't know nobody else knew it. <laughs> Next song I want to play is by the Migos. It's called Straightening. Ooh. Oh, yeah. DJ Durant. Hey, Castro, go crazy. Yeah. So, we gone. Huh? Stop. We good. Stop. Chill. We on scale, let's go, let's go, Domingo, let's go, take, let's go, set, let's roll, straining, straining, woo, straining, yeah, straining, 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 don't nothing get strained but straining, don't nothing get strained but straining, don't nothing get strained but straining, you don't get, you don't get, you don't strain it, in this gang sit back, be patient, act like the game went vacant, act like some been taken, what, ain't nothing but a little bit of straining, been kicking, I'm counting the narrows with Robert De Niro. He telling them that you're amazing. Put that down. Get down. I bought two whips and I put so anyway, that's straight. <laughs> I got the video out for it, too. It's crew. <clears throat> yep, I love that. Um, the last song that I want to play is actually um, by Escape. It's an album cut off of Traces of My Lipstick. It's called I Will. Okay. <laughs> Come on, album cut. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shout out to Escape. Those are my three songs for the week. That was cute. Go ahead, Escape. Also, my merch. Um, okay, I want to make sure I'm saying her name right. Asante, I feel like you've played her um, before on the show. Is it Asian or Asian? Asian. Asian. That's her this merch? Is, this is her merch. Oh, I'm about to buy one right now. In Ooh, that's so cute. Isn't it so cute? Hold on, let me show you the t-shirt too. Oh, I'm about to go buy it right now. I'm so upset. She be singing her fucking ass off too. Ooh, cute. it's like a cute little peach t-shirt, but I really fucks with this. Yeah, the hoodie is. This is very me. (laughs) I love it. It is very you, friend. Very me. Very Asante too. Like the aura. I actually don't have it. I just bought some Outcast merch, and they have tie-dye stuff too, and it looks really, really cute. Wait, Outcast merch where? On their uh on their website, it's like officially licensed. Like what? I, I ain't got the shirts, I, but I'll show you. I'll show you. When Let you, me when go done. on there. I need that. Yeah, but yeah, I just want to put that out there. ASEAN, you said ASEAN. ASEAN, yes. It okay. is spelled like Asian, but the H between the A and the uh, I had a N, feeling though. I was ASEAN. like, I really don't think it's pronounced Asian. ASEAN. Okay, now I know. Well, ASEAN, your merch is the shit. On her Twitter, she has that posted as a, a voice note. 
you know, like people, because I too have a name where people need to know the correct to pronunciation. So I was right. like, this is the this is the correct usage of a voice note on Twitter. So shout out to her for doing that. And shout out to her for that beautiful merch. Right? I'm getting some. I see on. I had to put yeah, that we, out there. A real case. I see on Dow. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew people were going to ask me too, because when different hoodies that I wear, people be like, where you get that at? So yeah, I see now you know. I see on. ASEAN. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, that's I just love doing that. I get caught up every time. I would like to talk about an artist. Hopefully, I haven't talked about them before. Uh, for whatever reason, I have been in a certain type of mood slash vibe, but it's like ever changing. And this one right here, the title of this song is really how I've been feeling. And I, I didn't connect to it until I read afterwards. I was like, oh, this is what the song is called, even though they say it over and over again in the song. But this is an artist named Reggie, and this song is I Don't Want to Feel No More. Just Tammy Roman's husband. <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> but yes. But no. But yes. But no. So Reggie, I Don't Want to Feel No More. Sometimes I feel good in my chest, but I, I can never get that to my head. Sometimes I feel good in my bed. Get up and I don't feel good no more. The street said you don't need meds My mama said you just need prayer I need what they give you at the dentist I don't wanna feel no more Cause I don't wanna feel no more Cause I don't wanna feel no more Yeah, that song I don't know why it came back on my radar back in December. So I hope I haven't, I didn't talk about it before, but it's been the one that's been in heavy rotate, uh, still to this day. Um, I don't want to feel no more. Beautiful video, beautiful visual. Uh, I love the song Reggie. I feel like it's just a beautiful individual just from that one song. That's so weird. But like when you're an artist, you have to make a statement and that's the statement that was made to me. Uh, speaking of artists that I feel like are beautiful people, Artist, uh, friend, have you talked about Kamal before on here? Have I? I feel like I have. Maybe. Right, I feel like that's somebody you talked about, you listened to. Yeah. But um, I feel like I have. For those but a long time ago. Yeah. For those of you listening, the artist uh, we're speaking of, Kamal, uh, K A M A U U, they have a project out called Mango, and they just dropped a remix to the song Mango featuring Adeline. Yeah, and Masego. Yeah, did you play yeah, this yeah. already? I I feel like I played the original. I don't think I played the mm. remix of Masego. Yeah, see, I, yeah. when I was I heard it, I was like, this sounds kind of like something I might have done before. But mm -hmm. there is a beautiful video for the original too, because I was yes. like going back and like looking through all of them and looking at his merch and everything. But shout out to Kamal. This is Mango the remix featuring Masego. But just so you get the vibe, I'm gonna just play it from the beginning. And shout so you out to Masego for surprises. jumping on that. That's dope as hell. Shout out to Masego for jumping on everything, and it is always Masego welcome. Is the shit. Hell yeah. <laughs> Oh. 
So yes. Adeline is going to come in there and shut it down. Turkey. <laughs> some dressing. No. <laughs> Cranberry sauce. That's what this nigga was singing about food. That's the new Thanksgiving song. <laughs> a Listen, I have another said, song you too find... before you finish, Asante. Okay. Before you wrap up. He said, if you find some other dude, what do I do if he loves you truly? How could I not love him too? <laughs> if he improves you more than I used to. Look, 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 look. Because <laughs> I was in there, I was like, uh-huh. I'm with it. I'm with it. <laughs> Look, how could I not love him too if he improves you more than I used to? I don't know. I don't want nothing but you getting what you need, even if it ain't from me. Hello. Mm. Mm. Sound real Will and Jada up in here, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> the mango table talks. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I was feeling that. I was like, oh, okay. And then, you know, a little Masego came in later. And then, you know, before that, Adeline came in and she was singing her ass off, too. So right? it's a go check record. out the song. Go look at the visuals. Support the artist. Tell them friends don't send you. I have one more artist that I'm going to play, and then I'm going to pass the baton right back to friends so she can wrap it up. Yay. This is a, a female artist. Her name is K Kilo. She came on my damn uh, YouTube, just knows that I like certain things, so it just plays these things. And maybe it also heard me, the algorithm from here, like it betrayed me last week. But uh, K Kilo is this artist who has a song called Bend It. There is this video of her dancing. Uh, th- check out Bend It if you like the song. That's all I'm going to say. And here is the song. Bend it, bend it, bend it, bend it over. Bend it, bend it, bend it, bend it over. Bend it, bend it, bend it, bend it over. Real fat, need a lap dance. All my boss there, come and tap in. Whole team with the thorns and we back in. Know that I'm the golden, ain't no cap in. Popping, 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 stand and bop. Put some flakes up on my wrist and I'm nicknaming it Frost. Had a side in Memphis, hit him up for some. In and I took him off, you would think I was lost. Got an elevator booty, it go up, down. Like I'm gangster, so I'm with the up town. If it's dancing in no dark, no, it's a bust down. I won't argue, I got breath to get you touched now. The worst thing I'll ever do. Oh, cry, baby. <laughs> Look, why are you doing the same pose she's doing in the picture, though? Because they no, think this is a song for it. <laughs> so, that was that's K Kilo. That's Benny. If you want to know how to spell her name, it's K A Y Y K I L O. On YouTube. Remember on Mar- she- when she's like, my name is Kilo Low. You got it. K E Y Low Low. You remember that shit? So, okay. So, okay. K Kilo. Because I know some of y'all going to be like, y'all going to be like, well, I'm, I need to find Kilo Lozon then. Uh, so, K Kilo, again, that's K A Y Y K I L O. On Spotify, it shows up as one word. On YouTube, it shows up as two. I don't know who's telling the truth, but again, it's K Kilo. Good luck to you. And tell the friends on Sent You. That was Bend It. And Fran had one more song she wanted to sauce you off with. So, Fran, let the people have it. I do. So, Duckworth and Saba. Oh! I know. They're so, first of all, how they're so cute to me, both of them. Like, mm-hmm. they're just so freaking cute. So, there's this producer from Chicago named... Now, brother, I tried to look for interviews with your names. I didn't want to say it wrong, but you youngins in these names. <laughs> it's called Nascent or Nascent. N-A-S-C-E-N-T. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Nascent. Nascent. I don't know. But 
he's a Mexican producer from Chicago and it's his project and it's called Minus the Bullshit, Life's Great. And it's actually really dope. We got BJ, the Chicago kid on there, Il Camille, like a lot of really dope people. But the song that just like, I was like, ah, this is a summer record. It's called Lock It Up featuring Duckworth and Saba. And this is how it goes. They be looking just for any excuse. Cock it and shoot. I might get shot. I ain't biting my tongue. Just admitting the truth. They talking shit, so we locking up. They say that money is all we trust. Ripped up that dollar, that's not enough. Put all these gems in a song and pass it along. Don't keep it and lock it up. I fucked around and I locked it up. Bro got too big, so I locked it up. I'm in my dream, lady supreme. She good to me, so I locked it up. Can't do this Uber no more. Open the door to everything that I want. Big body rover like Tonka truck. Yeah. I push the start, then I lock it up. Yeah. Oh, you know what they say, man. Your name in the conversation. You keep popping yeah. up. Me, I ain't got problems with nobody. I leave that shit to y'all high school. Ooh, that record is tight. And, they, like so and the video is super cute, right? You saw I, it with look, their watering when plants. When he was playing them plants, Come on. Like, I was like, and I should have known then, friend. <laughs> you should have known then. These I are my people. I should have known from people. that filter, honestly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So well, yes, that was it. a great way to close it out. Perfect. I mean, I had to put that out there. Please watch the video too. Show them some love on YouTube, and that's it. Those are my three. All right. Well, then, Dustin Ross, please take it over. It Tell us what you've been watching <laughs> over at TV Land <laughs> and lock it up. <laughs> Get caught up on Married to Medicine on Bravo. The reunion is coming up. We'll have lots and lots to discuss. Also, I know that Married to Medicine is an insanely popular show that you guys have heard us talk about quite frequently over the years on the Friend Zone. Well, show. now the previous seasons are available to watch on Hulu. So mm-hmm. if you are not familiar with Married to Medicine, if you never really caught on or if you never just invested, now you have the perfect opportunity to get all the way caught up. And every single episode is good. So I'm telling you now that you're going to enjoy binging Married to Medicine. So those of you, for those of you who think that uh, reality television has gone too far, you can uh, definitely <laughs> catch Married to Medicine on Hulu. Did you see, I'm just before, because I know you're just going to run right through them. I just need to know, did you watch when Heavenly went live and she mm-hmm. had Anila on there and mm-hmm. Quad? And, I watch um, all of her lives, all of them, and I know exactly. I know which you. One you're I know you about. stay abreast of all of the lives, and I. I have to say, I don't normally tune into a lot of them. I usually only watch when you force me or you told me that I need to watch them. But I definitely stumbled upon that last one, and I have to say, I'm always heavily tickled by Heavenly's honesty, like the way she can openly admit to how she dragged some of the girls because she doesn't give a shit about them. Like I just <laughs> love Toya. Them. <laughs> yeah, um, and Heavenly is a hell of a television personality, no pun intended. She literally is a one hell of a television personality, and from the moment that she stepped onto 
the cast of Married to Medicine. She's been a polarizing figure on the show. You either loved her or you hated her. I started off strongly disliking her. Um, and then over the years, things would happen and she would just end up on the right side of the situation when they were trying to ostracize Quad because she was uh, divorcing her husband. Mm-hmm. And Toya, who she had been around for all these years, decided she no longer wanted her to come on the group couples trips. Heavenly held it down, 10 toes down for Quad. She had done that previously for Dr. Simone. They had grown closer because their children were, I believe, at the same private school. And that if you remember, go back in those seasons, like season three, Simone and Heavenly used to drop their kids off to school together and pick them up together and shit. And she defended Simone. She was on the right side of that. She has been fiercely protective of Dr. Jackie, who we all know is one of the more non-confrontational um, cast members on the show. And she's one of those people where if you have a problem with Dr. Jackie, it's your fault. I can hold on say <laughs> <Wow>. that. Um, <laughs> and Heavenly is fiercely protective of her. She's just proven herself to be a good friend when it counts. And that is something that endeared me to her. On top of that, she's funny than a motherfucker. Um, Heavenly's hilarious, and I love Dr. Heavenly on this show. She posted a um, Instagram picture, or a picture, excuse me, to her Instagram account of herself, Jackie, Anila, and Quad on a private jet flying back to Atlanta from um, New York where they filmed the reunion. And she said that Dr. Contessa had to stay and speak at um, her, one of her, she was like a keynote address uh, speaker at one of her uh, previous universities she attended. So she couldn't come home on the plane. But she captioned the picture, hashtag, she was like, uh, the reunion was intense, hashtag the winners. And it was uh, <laughs> all of them. She's like, we survived the reunion. Hashtag the winners. And it was her, Quad, Anila, and Jackie. And she was like, and Dr. Contessa was away doing her thing, but she would be here too. Those were the winners. So we can look forward wow. to this reunion being <laughs> being pretty good. So I want to share that. On other news in the Bravo landscape, um, the trailer for season six of The Real Housewives of Potomac premiered today on People.com. Mm. It's exclusively on People.com. It looked absolutely amazing. They have a new cast member, a new full-time housewife named Mia Thornton, who is seen in the trailer picking up a That's handful of salad. Mm. Mm-hmm. And she lives in is the she DMV area. No. Um, right. She lives in the DMV area, has um, a husband who is 32 years her senior, um, and they have small children together. Um, and she's an entrepreneur. Yeah, Mia Thornton. I'm like doing um, the math. Anyway, she's coming in hot because in the trailer, there's one scene where she literally picks up a handful of salad and throws it in Candace's face. Candace is the girl who has an I in the middle of her name. It's C-A-N-D-I-A-C-E. But you pronounce it Candace, not Candiace or whatever. Oh. It's just Candace. I'll say it wrong. Um, and she's also, she's the one her. who got drugged. She's the one who got drugged last year by my girl, Monique Samuel. So, once again, can now they said Monique was a problem. They needed security. They didn't want to be around her. Didn't feel safe being around her. Once again, Candace is in some sort of physical confrontation with someone else this season. Mm. So you tell me who the problem is. I wait. Mm. Um, but the trailer looked up absolutely amazing. Check that out. There is so much brewing in Atlanta. If you do not follow the Peach Report daily, follow the Peach Report daily on Instagram and Twitter. That is where you will find the 100% most credible um, source for 
gossip and and um, inside info related to the Real Housewives of Atlanta, and they also post on the Real Housewives of Potomac, matters related to the Real Housewives of Potomac as well. So check out that account because right now we're in a very interesting point. This is where um, the season has wrapped, season 13 that they just finished wrapped, and the ladies are on about a one-month, one-and-a-half-month period of downtime. The cameras for season 14 will start rolling right around July, and once wow. we start seeing people together at filming locations and at, at filming sites, that's how we'll know, we'll have more information about who's a part of this next season coming up, um, what some of the conflicts and or stories may be that connect these women to each other. Um, we'll start finding out all the hints about season 14 that um, they won't tell us until it's time. So you make sure that you're following the Peach Report daily on both Twitter and Instagram so that you can get those hints in real time as we all do, because that is the number one source. Dustin, um, can we play a game? No. Okay. Also, look out. I'm just playing. <laughs> what do you want to play? I was just going to say, game you can play? two other people. If you mm-hmm. could, if you could t- remove two and add two, who would be on your radar? To which cast? Uh, Atlanta. To Atlanta, I yeah. would remove Drew Sedora, and I would remove. Um. Mm, mm, I would remove Drew Sedora, and I wouldn't remove anyone else. I would add. Um, I would upgrade Marlo to a full-time housewife so that we could get um, involved in her backstory, like her family, her mother, her Mm. siblings, you know, we could actually see some of those characters and learn all of that. That would be the benefit of upgrading Marlo's presence on the show. And then I bring somebody like Sheree in as a friend and maybe a reduced role. There's so much conversation and this happens every year where they say, Cynthia don't need to come back. Cynthia is boring. Cynthia needs to be a friend. No, she doesn't. Cynthia needs to hold her peach full time and be the cast member that is, that promotes peace. The cast member that is balanced, the cast member that is lighthearted and fun and just a joy to be around. You need someone yeah, like that. We don't that need everybody cast. arguing all the goddamn you don't. time. And and the thing that makes it so funny is that right now people are rallying. We want Phaedra. We want Sheree. Bring back Sheree. Bring back Nene. All of these people who you were sick of when they were on the damn show. And you were <laughs> these very same names, but they need to go. You're saying the same shit. And then as long as Ramona um 60 something year old ass singer uh, is uh, is full time on New York Cynthia Bailey has a position she has not <laughs> outlasted her tenure on the Real Housewives of Atlanta cast it's just simply not the truth and everyone's an expert everyone wants to talk about ratings and all this other shit and they're going people are going way too far into things that have nothing to do with you as a viewer of a show uh, and that, um um and analyzing data uh, um, paying attention to to uh, ratings and well, shit, Nielsen trying to cast says- these shows. Like who do you, who does everybody? Everybody's fucking Siskel and Ebert. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> no, just watch the show. Don't try to recast. They need a cast shakeup. Everybody needs to go. Well, guess what, moron? That would mean it's a different show, right? And so if you don't want to watch these people that are on this show, don't watch it. I suffered through Shamari Devoe for a season. I didn't want to watch her. Who is returning to the? You know what I'm saying? I thought Which Phaedra's I think coming back. No? Or was that just no, a rumor? No, she's not going to come back. Oh, okay. She did a special. They had a blast from the past special, which to me, it was shady, and I wouldn't have participated in just on the name of alone. You oh. don't call me no blast from the past, a throwaway, <laughs> essentially. But they did a blast from the past show for everybody that's no longer a part of Bravo, but is still thirsty enough to want to be connected. And that's what Phaedra was on. Mm. So, so Kim Fields wasn't there? 
No, Kim Fields is busy and booked on the Upshaws on Netflix, doing her damn thing, uh, doing the what show we know is and so love cute. Kim Fields for. Kim Fields is an actress. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that's our Bravo rundown for today. Also, keep your eye out for um, the Real Housewives All Stars. I believe they said it's going to be called Real Housewives Mashup. But um, the first one, they're going to do a couple different cycles of this. There were seven housewives from different casts um, across the Bravo network that all got together in Turks and Caicos and filmed a few episodes for a special that's, that's going to air on Peacock. Good idea. Yeah. So it's like some New York housewives, some Atlanta, Kenya and Cynthia. Oh, I did Cynthia. see that clip because they were like mm-hmm. dancing. On the beach. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that. What about, aren't the Bad Girls Club doing a Yes, they can talk about that. It's on Zeus. It's called Baddies ATL. Oh, it's on and, Zeus. Um, wow, Zeus. It's on Zeus. Damn. Zeus ain't playing. They not. Um, and Tanisha Thomas is on the show. <gasps> um, everybody knows Tanisha was the breakout star from season two Me. of the Bad Girls I Club. Who, sleep who playing the pop. There you go. <laughs> y'all ain't gonna see because of me. <laughs> you put the pop in my juice, Tanisha. So that was her. So she uh She's on the show. She told she in her confessional when she comes on, she says, I'm here. I know y'all seen all the drama online, but what can I say? They made me an offer I could not refuse. She was like, <laughs> So I'm here. The fact that she kept it real like that, yep. I loved it. And then also she made them, she said, one of my stipulations is that I'm not in this house with them. So she made them get her her own dwelling and then she comes to the locations, oh, I the filming hear locations that. type shit. Yeah. That so would be all of those dynamics are going TV. on. Natalie Nunn has already fought. She's already got into a fist fight. Yes. Okay. hmm And so watch that. Speaking of Zeus, Jocelyn's cabaret. Yes. If you can handle, okay, if you if your stomach and if you can if you can handle this show and all the things that come along with it, which are nudity, cursing, fist fights, violence, um, everything, nothing is politically correct. Everything <laughs> is problematic. Like you can't watch it from that lens, right? But if you are able to um, go around that to circumvent that, okay, and get to a point where you can watch this show. Watch it because you're gonna crack the fuck up. Yes. Um, and there's this show, this song that she plays called "Live Your Best Life" that she plays at the beginning of every episode. She just dropped the video for it. <laughs> oh, that you really wanted. Is it her you singing really- it? Yes. yes. She'd be like, uh, uh, "What did she say? Why you think I'm tripping about where your dick be?" Remember a sign Baby that, boy. You know, yeah. <laughs> Why you tripping on me? They can give a fuck where your dick be. Yeah, she does say it. What? Do it like it's my be day. Do it like it's your be day. Like, do it like it's my be day. Like and then at the do end like she says, "Do it like it's your be day." Like at the do end, it's like your it's my be day. Do it like it's your be day. Live your best life. Live your best life. Yes, Welcome to, to Jocelyn's cabaret. Cabaret. Car- uh, Choreography. She calls the choreography choreography. choreography. Yes. You don't know. You don't know choreography. You don't know choreography. <laughs> and it'd be like choreography. You know, this is gonna be really wild. I've been watching. Uh, I've been rewatching old episodes of uh, Gordon Ramsay, and I was thinking, like, damn, why they gotta call Jocelyn crazy when she barking because she want perfection, but when Gordon in the kitchen barking because he want perfection. Ain't nobody asking him if he doing coke, even though the restaurant industry is Well, because he's a chef. He's no, a chef. And that's a skill, a trained skill, legitimate talent uh, that can be qualified um, and ascertained and, and received as such. Jocelyn's a crazy ass bitch on, on camera talking <laughs> shit. Okay. With nothing, no, no legitimacy, no substantive um, quantity that we can sort of 
meter, okay? And 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 that's why it was a lot of confusion surrounding her demanding that Wendy <laughs> Williams gives her her flowers for what? That's why everybody was kind of confused when that happened, you know, because it's like, okay, she why was you on Wendy Williams? Laugh? Wow. Oh yeah, yeah they got into a, an argument um, on air. Jocelyn confronted Wendy in the interview space. Yeah, I'm gonna send you the link. She confronted Wendy and it went viral. But she was demanding that Wendy give her her flowers because no one else has come from. The, uh, first, she said no one's come from television. Then she said no one's come from where she's come from and made it to television. And then she said she had the number one show in the in the world and country. And Wendy said on Zeus. And then Jocelyn was like, "No, I have the number one show in the country." It was just awful. But that's why Jocelyn. That's why <laughs> people were. Zeus. <laughs> were what? taken aback. People couldn't believe that Jocelyn had done that and said that and made those lofty, you know, demands to be revered in such a way when what have you done? What have you done, Jocelyn? Good TV. Yes, you've made us laugh, but what have you done? <laughs> so that's all I have to say about that. Uh-uh, and, um, Asante. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? What am I looking at? Oh, it's the official video. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Can y'all hear it too? No. No, we can't. Okay, we good. Are, I was about to say that would be so messed it. up. I am making them watch um, Jocelyn Hernandez live your best life video. So Frank and so truly this is get the into this is looks. the theme song y'all were talking about. This is the theme song. This is the video apparently for that theme song. <laughs> that was the part he talking about talking about acting like you give a fuck where your dick be all right yeah Don't anyway well I, that's that that definitely brings the tv land segment to a close <laughs> thank you well that's it i almost shut it down with a health code violation <laughs> i mean she looks great <laughs> well if that's it, don't forget to follow us on Patreon at patreon.com slash the friend zone podcast. We are friend zone pod on Twitter, the friend zone podcast on Facebook. And if you're looking for our discord server and community, I will make sure to include that link after the link where I post the this week's episode. So as always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for watching, those of you on Patreon. We love you so much, and we'll catch you guys next week. Stay black and protect your magic. <laughs> Bye. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. <laughs> 